Hello and welcome to the Fence End Podcast. Happy New Year, happy new decade, although some people are really kicking off about that. Um, if there wasn't a year naught, there can't be... Oh, shut up. Right, anyway, uh, that's my... <laughs> right, I'll, Wait, I'll so introduce what's that. What's that? What's that? What are people kicking off oh, about? It's, some people going, it's not a new decade because there wasn't a year naught, which means that you've got to wait until the end of 2020 for it to be the end of a decade oh my god is this a real thing it doesn't matter we made it up so (laughs) we invented years i mean well the naming thereof yeah um right anyway uh as as you can hear from the fact he's he's got involved with this fraser's here hello fraser hello (laughs) and simon's here hello simon Uh, hello hello i will not Um, bring the death penalty up this week (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see what happens, because we're going to talk about marching out 10 yards. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, OK, now that it's, um, it's you know, away from panto season, we'll be back to sort of more regular podding. Um, so we've got a few things to catch up on. Let's quickly talk about the games that we've, um, we've had since the last pod. Lincoln... Um, it's always sad to see Matt lose, but it's acceptable when it when it's against us. Um, Wombles always happy to see them lose, um, and Doncaster. Uh, I mean, had we been told over the Christmas period you'll win three and lose one, we'd have snapped arms off, wouldn't we? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So I, I think it's unfortunate to to lose at the end of that because you, you know you the 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 feeling goes into the next game and if you lose on the 26th and your next game's on the 29th and you're only down for a couple of days and then you get that win after that but you know to to lose and then the next the next league game being 10 days later i don't know it it stung a bit more i think especially sort of stats wise absolutely dominated the game yeah, and and a lot of their fans were were very complimentary about how we played. Said we were by far the best team they'd seen. They really set up to not concede. So yeah. I think we sometimes look at it. You know, we we only see how we've played and think, oh, well, we didn't play very well. And that's maybe because of the respect that Doncaster showed us, which was you know massive. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I read that a few places, and it's a bit like earlier in the season with Blackpool teams going oh, I don't know how you won that or how how you lost that I don't know how we managed to take any points and you're like well th- that means nothing to me <laughs> I'm, I'm still dead inside the fact we <laughs> haven't won um but anyway we we did lose that and then you go into Hartlepool potential banana skin with the fact they're um their conference now and it always comes up these stats about oh they're 59 or 56 or however many places beneath us in the pyramid but I I don't think that's an exact science because I think if this season if Southend were to play Forest Green who are doing quite well in in the league below I think you'd sort of favour Forest Green so I don't think it's an exact science but I think uh, I think we expected to win it and and we won it quite comfortably bar a stupid back pass from Dickey um, it, we were either or both of you at the game um, I actually wasn't no. I was, yeah. Oh, and at the time, go. I thought that Jordan Archer, it, I, I've not seen it back completely with, with him in picture. But at the time, I thought he looked like he kind of came and stopped and came and stopped and came and stopped. And uh, yeah, one of those silly back, like you say, uh, silly back pass. We didn't deal with it. They took it. 
And yeah, which if if Dickie's going to do that, let it be during a transfer window, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and us win four one anyway, so yeah. it doesn't matter. Um, good to see Hall on the score sheet again, decent finish, uh, and would have been the goal of the game had it not been for Mr. Baptiste. Oh wow! That I mean, match of the day, else, absolutely it? loved it. The yeah. the amount of times that's been shown on on BBC, but it was. It was pretty special. Yeah. You, you've got the double rollover, um, and then it's the dummy. That's what gets me. Each time yeah. I watch the game, mm. the goal back, I'm like, yeah. he's going to shoot now. No, he's dummied it. He caught me again. <laughs> and um, you know, it's weird, because watching that match of the day, it was funny, like, part of me was loving that our club and one of our players was getting mentioned quite a lot. And then when they kept saying it, it like you mentioned a minute ago, it being the transfer window, I I did hear like David Brent's voice in my head saying, don't keep saying it. <laughs> so move on now. <laughs> um, I, I do get what you mean. Um, but I'm, I'm going to, well, we'll talk about uh, transfers uh, now. It is going to be later on, but let's, let's do it now. In terms of, I think the big three that people are talking about are um, Dickey, Brannigan and Baptiste. Um, All of them would be big losses, no doubt about that. Um, Dickey's got a long contract. Um, Baptiste has a long contract. Brannigan's still got a year and a half left on his. Um, And they're trying to to lengthen the contract, but obviously he wants to keep his options open and see how we do this season. I completely understand that. But I just think... Um, of the three, I think the most likely to be bought is Baptiste, and he's not played that much this season. He's been great in the games he's played in, but I think I think if we lost him, a we'd get a lot of money for him, and b I think that we could fill that void. Am I just being naive? No, no, I think you're right. It's an interesting one how how footballers and managers can can suddenly very or very quickly become sort of hot property, you know. Mm. And, it, and it's not in no way diminishing what Shannon Baptiste has done and his abilities, but it, it's it's that kind of he's he's done well in in high profile games or or scored a high profile goal or or, or done something that that gets him recognition beyond what, you know, Oxford fans and beyond league one fans, you know, it, it, he's, it's, he's become sort of that player that when people talk about, you know, if, if you're, maybe you're a fan of a championship club or a, or a middling to lower premier league club, and you're sort of going, who are we going to take a punt on? It's kind of like, well, I've seen him score a goal, so he's probably good. You know, it, it, you don't see, you're not following players, you know, week in, week out, but you're seeing them do something that makes it onto national TV. And it, it, he's just become sort of the beneficiary in a little way of that, of, of, of having a good game against Man City and then scoring a goal in an FA Cup. And it, it just, it's it's raising his profile, which is, is fine. You know, he's, he absolutely deserves it because he's, he's, yeah. he's one hell of a player. And hopefully, <clears throat> you know, he really does go on and, and make a hell of a career for himself. And that's no bad thing, you know, if if if, it, if he's become that sort of hot property, it adds a couple of million quid to his price tag, hopefully. What I'm, I'm fairly surprised about is that he, he scored the goal he did against Hartlepool. Everyone went nuts for it. 
Um, I've seen, you know, not just from Oxford fans, but all all around the leagues, fans tweeting about this this goal and BBC going nuts about it and and all of that stuff. But I haven't seen anyone go, well, hang on, he did this against West Ham as well. It's not West a one off. I think the West Ham goal was better, to be honest. Uh, I like the West much, Ham goal. The, the goal against Wimbledon. Quality. Yeah. I mean, the Lincoln. Oh, was it Lincoln? The, the screamer. Well, you know, if he scores, it tends to be good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's not a one-off, um, it, and and I'm I'm surprised that when they were um, sort of waxing lyrical about it all, that they didn't say, well, hang on, let's mm. have a look at, at what he did against West Ham because it's yeah. it's all very well and good going. He did this against Hartlepool. No disrespect to them, but we were expected to win that game. Um, he did this in the league. He did that against fifth in the Premier League at the time. Yeah. Yeah. West Ham, and and that was our fourth goal. Like, the, the, yeah. I, I'm I fairly think, surprised that didn't happen. To be honest, though, if I was, I mean, the original thing you said was who do we think is most likely to go? Um, I think you're actually right in Baptiste. But if I was an opposition manager and I knew and I watched Oxford as much as we do, I don't know how that could ever be the case. But, <laughs> but if somehow that was the case. If it's Baz actually, takes over somewhere else, yeah, but but gets a season ticket, um, yeah, it's actually Dicky I would go after, um, and I think it's because he's got so much going for him. Um, he's already like a seasoned professional, despite the fact he's twenty three. So he's got so much left in his career to do, like time wise. But he's like he's like already at the level of someone who's far more developed than usually that that age would be for that position. Uh, you could build a back line around him. The the Man City game, every time Moore was slightly falling short or not, maybe not quite doing his job, Dickie was doing his job and cleaning up for Moore against Man City. I thought, I, I think, if, I think a wise manager would, would, would choose Rob Dickie first, to be honest. I hate yeah. saying that because he's the one I'd probably be, I'd least like to lose, but um, I think he is such a rock in our back line, and we've got a really good defensive record this year, haven't we? You, sorry, uh, you you quite like a well-developed rock dicky. <laughs> that isn't what I said, but maybe that's what came well, across. Well, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, I I I'd, I'd see exactly what you mean, and I I'm inclined to agree. I think he's been the most consistent out of the players that I mentioned. Um, and not even just what you were saying in terms of being defensive. He has taken it round players. He had, you know, um, I, I talked about Dickie spreading balls, uh, spraying balls across the pitch, didn't I? I? I think that's something that we've seen quite often. Um, the the one thing I would say is lacking is he uh, will often win a header on a corner and not put it on target. Yeah. But once he, I mean, if he were doing that, he would be in the Premiership. I, I reckon. Um, I think he's been phenomenal, and and you know, stats-wise, that that backs it up. Um, so, it, I mentioned three initially, um, being Baptiste, Dickey, and Brannigan. Let's talk about Brannigan as well then, um, because obviously he was injured, very, very very visibly injured <laughs> and is missing um massive bag of ice on his knee yeah, oh, yeah he like just loves ice off. on his knee that's yeah. nothing to do with an injury he just loves ice <laughs> on his knee <laughs> it's just he suffers from hot knees we've all been there <laughs> um so yeah there was this massive like backlash of stop lying to us we know he's off 
<laughs> do, do, either, do either of you think he missed those games? Well, firstly, he's not playing in the FA Cup. Why? It's because you don't want him to be cup-tied. I think he already is, isn't he? Uh, uh, well, yeah, yeah I think not... so. He I played Walsall. No, he was injured. Have been? I'm not sure. Conveniently injured again. Yes. Here we go. Yeah. Now, now we get to the <laughs> root of the problem. bastard. <laughs> um, but aside from that, do either of you think that um, it was to save him because he's being sold, or do we actually believe the no, club? I, I genuinely believe it. Like you say, that the, the after the or after he was substituted in the Wimbledon game, he had a massive bag of ice on his knee. Missed the Doncaster, you know, he'd played three games on the trot, three or four games on the trot after coming back from from a fairly sort of lengthy layoff with a with a bad knee. So he played three or four games, four or five games in quick succession. Needed a rest, you know. Okay, the Doncaster game, we we I think we we obviously missed him. We didn't miss him against Hartlepool. He didn't need to play, and it it, it was the right time to rest him after three three or four games on the trot and you're right as football fans we we never believe what we're told and and there was a I was trying I can't remember who it was but I was talking to someone about what um Carl Robinson had said and he sort of said about resting him and he said well, he shouldn't have said rested if he just said he was injured everyone would just accept it and it was like but he said he, he said rested so it's different and I'm thinking no you just he's rested injured well he's not actually injured as such it's just you know his knee needs a bit of rest and yeah but but we we want to see sort of conspiracy we want to go oh well that's it he must be off and it, perfectly reasonable people are, 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 seem to be losing you know losing their minds over him missing a couple of games yeah it's it i don't know there's something it, I, I think this is exactly what you're saying where it's like well no it can't all be good we can't. No, <laughs> things are looking too positive. So yeah, something's wrong. Need something's to find wrong. Something to be worried about. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think sort of Maxwell doesn't help with that. That whole era <laughs> where you're like, oh, we're brilliant. Oh, that's how. Cool. cool. <laughs> right. Let's let's move on. Um. So they're they're players that you know have been rumored to be going out. I think Fosu has come off the boil at the perfect time for us because <laughs> I think he was probably being scouted quite a lot and mm, yeah. and you know um isn't. Um, isn't playing as well as he was. He's still decent, and when he gets the ball, you still think something might happen. And yeah. he scored an absolute worldie against Hartlepool. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, in terms of players going out, that's one thing. Um, one player that's left is Jordan Archer. I saw someone say, I, I don't know if they were just looking for responses, going, oh, worst keeper we've had for a long time. I, th- I think he, you know, he did what was asked of him, didn't he? Absolutely, and and after quite a number of months of not playing football, I thought he looked his distribution was very very good. His shot yeah. stopping was good. Uh, there were a couple of doubts over him when he you know coming for crosses and stuff like that. But hey, no, he's not you know he's not world class, but he's a very very good goalkeeper. I thought got us through a, a, a tricky spell without Eastwood being there. You want that bit of experience. We you know I. I at the start of last season when Eastwood was out and we had a, a relatively young keeper in on loan who I thought was, you know, wasn't a bad keeper, but you just felt that the the defence needed someone with some experience behind them to be yeah. comfortable, you know. You worry about your own game, not be worried about what the keeper's going to do. And I thought he came in, was a, a very, very level head and, 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 like I say, good distribution. Made very few errors, you know. You, you 
you listen or you read what some of the Millwall fans had sort of said about him being a you know calamity. Well, I, you know, I thought he was half, more than half decent. He was, you know, a really really good um, sort of uh, choice to replace Eastwood in that period. Yeah, I think the the weakness, as you say, is is probably him coming for crosses, and I would I would echo that for Eastwood. I think yeah, Eastwood's probably yeah. a better shot stopper, but other than that, I think they're they're fairly similar goalkeepers, what? quite mm. quiet and keep themselves to themselves. While we're on uh, keepers, um, do you think Jack Stevens has much of a future at the club? I do. Yeah. I just think that um, I think. The the times Eastwood's got injured have been very unfortunate for him. I think had it not been coming up to the Christmas period where, oh, we've got you know however many games it, until Eastwood's back, in this twenty seven twenty eight days we've got nine games or whatever the the stupid stat was. I I think that's just a lot of pressure to put on a goalkeeper that's so young. Mm. Um, and and actually, you know, listening to Archer as he came in, saying, "Well, I've been that young goalkeeper. I completely get it." Eastwood, mm. when he was here first time round, he was always Clark's number two, mm. and and it sucks to be a young goalkeeper. I think, but yeah. they've all got to do that time. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's so much harder as a goalkeeper. You know, we've we've seen youngsters playing in in checker trade games and coming on. Um, you know, Fabio Lopez came on at the weekend. Um, and, and it's easy for for outfield players to do that and come on and have 10 minutes at the end of games that we're winning. You know, you, you're not going to do that with a goalkeeper. You're not going to say, I'll tell you what, go on, go and have 10 minutes because you, you as a goalkeeper, you need to be there right from the start of a game. I think there's that mentality thing. It's it's a lot harder to to get up to speed. As a, as a outfield player, if you make a mistake, there's usually somebody to cover you. And it, it's a tricky position to do that. So I'd, I'd like to see him go out on loan you know maybe get some some game time but then who at the moment we haven't really got another goalkeeper to come in have we you know Scott Shearer I think did that a little bit last season as and yeah um, was on the bench and well maybe maybe we'll see someone come in during the during the uh, transfer window and uh, allow him to go out on loan and, and play some games maybe I, th- I think it's a very valid question Fraser I, I don't think it's the same as uh, Max Crocombe for example, oh, yeah. where, you know, there are some players that I, I think we were almost misled with, with some players like Max Crocombe, like Aaron Woodley, was that his mm, name? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Tyrone Marsh and players like that, yeah. where you go, these are going to be the next, you know. <laughs> he did score two our... goals on Saturday, I noticed, but for a, a Conference South team or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I do find it funny when people go, well, he scored two today. Yeah, he did, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, very different. Anyway, um, the other player that's left is Chris Cadden. Um, it's seeming like that's dead in the water, but I don't know. You, you never know with these things. Um, but it, it, he's obviously over in America now. There seems to be some rivalry. I can't tell how serious <laughs> it is. I don't know what's happening. Um, but, you know, he's he's over there. Who would we like to see come in at right back? Um, with Sam Long, I think I think he's definitely done enough to put himself in that that first team place, um, or at least competing for it. Yeah, I've I've no idea. I've, <laughs> honestly, I I've I'd, I'm aware of the odd player for for um, opposition teams and and things, but I, it's something I really don't take take a great deal of interest in, or, or 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 interest in of 
which I ought to really, because I'm, you know, we're doing a podcast and I ought to be. <laughs> but you know, I I kind of trust the the recruitment. It's it's been pretty spot on recently, and just going harking back to that BT program, the the mic'd up program, where you saw the the level of detail that the club had gone into to identify two or three players for every position. And it wasn't just sort of like, is he good? Yeah, well, we'll have him. It was so detailed. You know, Look down... him up on Championship Manager. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. It, it was, there was, there was stats galore, but also sort of personality traits as well. They'd look at social media. They'd look at family history. They'd look at news reports. And it was, it wasn't just, you know, the kind of old-fashioned managers taking a punt or somebody going you know i've got a player for you how about this one they really have got huge levels of detail into into the recruitment process that i just i'm going to kind of go well whoever they bring in i'm i'm going to trust them to, to bring in the right people fair enough i think also right back wise if you look back at if i were to say george bulldog john joe kenny phil mm. edwards um Oh, Ribeiro. I was like, yeah. oh, he had amazing hair. What was his name? Um, <laughs> Phil Edwards. Um, really Chris Cadden. <laughs> yeah. Um, of all of those right backs, how many had we heard of yeah. prior to them coming in? And, you know, all of those, I'd be happy to see them at right back. Yeah. Um, so whoever comes in there, sort of further up the pitch, who have we been linked with? Um, Holland, we've obviously been linked with. Yeah. Uh, it's looking like that will happen because both mm. sides are reporting on it happening. Yeah. Um, from the YouTube clips I've seen, he looks good, uh, confident in front of goal. Sort of similar to Marcus Brown, who we've also been linked with again. Um, would we be happy with one or both of those coming in? Uh, the the West Ham sort of fans rate seem to rate Holland a lot higher than Marcus Brown. So you know, I'd, I'd be more than happy to see him come in. Cool. Um, he, he certainly talking about Fosu being a you know slightly off the boil a little bit I think we're 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 struggling a bit for wingers aren't we we've, mm. we've had the injuries for wingers Sykes has looked quite lively when he's played but we could do with a little bit of of cover for wingers that's something certainly that um that Carl Robinson has mentioned you know he want he likes wingers and he, he feels we need a couple of wingers at least so I yeah I, the, the the lad Holland he, he I sound like an old man. Oh, the lad Holland. He's, he's, <laughs> but he, he he's certainly done really well at that kind of under 23 or, or Premiership 2 or whatever it's called, the sort of the academy level. He's scoring a lot of goals from the wing there. Mm. And, and and he's not he's not a teenager, is he? He's 21, is he? 21, 22. So he's, he's just at that point where, OK, you know, you, you, you're grown up enough to cope with going out on loan. Um, hopefully, you know, he's. I think he started at Everton as well, so he's not. He's not sort of at the club that he's been at since he was a two-year-old. He's he's been around a little bit, and you kind of hope that that from a a mental point of view, he'd be strong enough to deal with a with a move to another club, and and he looks like he could be a decent player for us. Uh, other than than on the wing, so we, Robinson's talked about. Wingers, uh, replacement left back, obviously Ricardinho. I'm not even going <laughs> to ask if you'd be happy with that. Like, we, we all love him. Um, uh, he's talked about, um, yeah, central midfielders. Anywhere else that we need? Uh, would you be happy to, be, to see another striker or centre back come in? 
I don't think we need either of those necessarily. I think if you're going to bring playing. a striker in, then Aji perhaps goes out on loan because he, I've I've been pretty impressed with him when he's played, and I think mm. if if um, the way we play with kind of one up front, unless we're chasing the game when we tend to throw everybody on, yeah, you know we we don't need four. I think with with Mackey, you've got that kind of player who will annoy the hell out of centre-halves or, uh, you know, either from the start of the game or coming on as a sub. Matty Taylor will score goals for you. And Adji is the the young kind of prospect um, who who perhaps could just do with a few more games than he's getting here. So depending on what we can get in, there's perhaps a chance for Adji to go out on loan and do something, you know, in anticipation of next year really kicking on for us. Yeah, I think I think whatever happens is a big statement, isn't it? Mm. You know, if we fill up with if we get more players in who are similar to what we've got, then that's good. If we get players in that are bigger names than what we've got, then that's a real signal of intent. Yeah. And if we don't bring in players, it's probably a okay, well we're doing all right at the moment, mm. let's see what happens and it's less urgent that we go up this season type of thing. So I think this month will be a big signal of intent, but um, the the fact that we haven't signed anyone yet doesn't bother me, really. Um, I think if you look back to the summer, it shows that we, we waited and we got Matty Taylor in. Um, yeah. Y- yeah, that's fine. You can sign Fosso early on. But, y- you know, it's those other things that slot into place. And when players come available, instead of just snapping up a forward because they're available, you, you wait and you get a Matty Taylor. I'd much rather do that. Yeah, and 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 another thing, if you know, if you look at, we talked about Brannigan and Baptiste possibly going. Well, Gorin apparently has been, you know, Blackburn have been interested in him. We've got three mid, three sort of central midfielders there. That mm. if none of them go, we don't necessarily need, and you know, we don't need to bring anyone in. Whereas if two of those go or one of them goes, then perhaps you do need, you know, this is it Liam Kelly, the the red ex Reading player. Um, mm. who's been out at Feyenoord. He seems to be on the radar. Now, that might be one that we get anyway, but if Brannigan or, or Baptiste or Goring go, then maybe he's one that we do bring in, or, or we've got identified other players that, that will come in. So it, it's a little bit of we might not see anyone come in until someone goes out, or it, like you say, it might be towards the end of the transfer window. It could there's lots of lots of variables. Or how many games is Goring going to be suspended for? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Okay. So we're we're going on longer than uh, the normal, but we we've got a lot to catch up on. Um, other things that have happened: uh, three ten thousand uh, crowds in a row. Um, they they said we could never do it and we did. Um, uh, at the temporary Jim Smith stand um, and obviously the mural going up, um, all really positive things. And that display with the OUFC, I thought was brilliant, absolutely yeah. brilliant. And the Jim Smith surfer as well. Yeah, lots of lots of really good stuff happening around the club and two games coming up. Rotherham who are second and and the real form team on Saturday, Ipswich the following Tuesday. We've got two massive games that you almost hope we can get close to 10,000 on each of those as well. Well, I loved your tweet, Simon, um, <laughs> it, uh, which was along the lines of, if you think that we might be uh, getting a good cup draw and you might want to ticket to that, buy a ticket to Rotherham. Yeah. And I, I think, just think that's the perfect way to go about it. 
Um, and there, there can't be people, particularly at home, there can't be people that have gone to see games this season other than the Burton game and come away feeling disappointed. Shrewsbury, mm. I wasn't blown away. But, you know, we got a point and we had no central midfield. So, you know, that's, that's just one of those things. But on the whole, I think we're playing really good football. Mm. People yeah. who, who've come along to those games yeah. must have enjoyed it. <clears throat> there's, there's all sorts of stats going on. You know, I think we, we're the highest scoring home team um, in, in the top four divisions. And I think only Man City and Liverpool are outscoring us overall. Yeah, um, and there was another one as well in the in the top four tiers of English football, current clubs and how high they were, or, or how high they've risen in the last ten years. So compared clubs in the top four divisions to where they were ten years ago, there's only four or five that are in a higher position or higher number than we we are. You know, we've come up however many places to or two almost two divisions worth in the last ten years. Very few clubs have done that, so there's there's a real kind of momentum building. Yeah. That the, that the county is starting to get behind, uh, you know, and and more and more people are aware of what Oxford United are doing, and it's just, yeah. If if, if you, I I don't know how many people listen to this who don't go to games, but if if you are one of those people, then then get yourself a ticket for Rotherham. And yeah, it. Tim, we're talking to you, <laughs> part-time supporter. Hi Tim. Hi Tim. Um. Hi, Tim. <laughs> um Yes, so um, with that in mind, are you rooting for a trip up to Newcastle or to Rochdale? <laughs> oh, don't make me choose. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's one of those things. I think genuinely either of them are winnable games, um, yeah. but one of them were favourites, the other one we're not. Um, but you then get that massive stadium, a stadium yeah. I've always wanted to visit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'd, be, it'd be great to do a trip to Newcastle, wouldn't it? That'd be that'd be brilliant. Um, yeah. And like you say, I think we'd give them a game. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd be yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. I think if we could get that. But um, watch them lose the replay now, <laughs> <laughs> and we go to Greater and, Manchester yeah. but <laughs> and I, get beaten a, by Rochdale. <laughs> you talk, yeah, you, you're right about you know a, a, an iconic stadium like St James's Park. When when you kind of think back to yeah, Middlesbrough was a great away game, but you know the Riverside isn't. You know it's a wonderful stadium, but it's not iconic. You know it's. You've kind of got to go back to West Ham in the Cup. When was that? Eight, ten years ago, something mm. like that. You know at uh, at. Um, Upton Park. Uh, Upton Park. Thank you. I was going to say the bowling ground, but I couldn't think of Upton Park. Um, <laughs> and then kind of before that, maybe Highbury against Arsenal. And we've not. We you know the two Man City games at home, and and we've had Villa at home, and and and. We've played some teams at home in cup games. Yeah. That if they'd been reversed, you'd kind of go, okay, yeah, we've we've had that iconic stadium, that massive stadium, and experience. But we've we've not we've kind of been a little bit unlucky in that respect that we've not really had it. So I think for most people, yeah, fifty-two thousand at St James's Park, even though you know the away end is kind of. 15 stories high or whatever it is it's a little bit <laughs> like watching Sabutio but yeah it'll be it'll be packed out and, <clears throat> and worth some money and and like you said winnable and yeah. it's just I didn't realise until someone posted on Twitter that I, I'd completely forgotten that our last fourth round victory was Newcastle at home <laughs> I completely yeah. forgot about that game and then yeah. I watched it and thought this game was great <laughs> yeah how did I get this game <laughs> 
Yeah, it's that's a that's a funny one. I think maybe because we went through and then we just didn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Blackburn yeah. And yeah. Really it just didn't really show up. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yes, we we're all sort of rooting for Newcastle, but we'll see what happens, and we'll happily go to Rochdale if that's if that's what it takes. Um. Right. Before we close things off, um, let's do a quick ref watch because. <laughs> Carl Robinson got a little fine, um, and not not for the, the like he seemed fine with the excuse the pun he seemed absolutely happy with the guy that couldn't count to ten, and I know it's not ten paces I know it's not meant to be ten paces but that seven paces he marched out was not ten yards. And but also what's his defence is I mean we were joking about this earlier on the chat but what's his defence that. He's worked out how many, how he can do ten yards in seven steps. Does he do it in his garden or something? Well, I, come I, on. Possibly, but and it, it's not like he's. I mean, I'm I'm sort of quite short of leg, and you know, I, there's no way. <laughs> Mate, you can make this up. It's a podcast. You I can am, be like that. But... I'm six foot five. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got I got short little stumpy legs, but he he the the referee wasn't a big lad you know it's not he wasn't Michael Rains it wasn't like no 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 each each of my steps is like four and a half foot and yeah, yeah. I need to step seven paces well he did yeah. ten later on because the Oxford <laughs> fans chanted Counted them out yeah <laughs> but it's just I mean I know it's not in the rule book but the general thing that happens is that the ref marches out ten paces because it's yeah. roughly a yard Yes. But why exactly. do you feel like well I well I I'm going to do seven because yeah. what like, ge- and it, genuinely it like... do you know what it was he lost count yeah. he lost yeah. count and when yeah. James Henry pointed it out he didn't want to hear it because <laughs> that would be a referee point like realizing he's wrong and made a mistake yeah. and that doesn't mm. happen yeah. and it was how many uh, the the defenders were were kind of lined up about another five yards further on and he yeah and yeah. stopped drew his line and they were like oh okay. And march forward 10 yards the, the one thing you can say about this and and you know christ there's not much you can defend him on but on the james henry thing which was really funny when he marches it out as well to show mm. he's obviously wrong i'm sure someone who knows a lot more about the rules than me could say this isn't there a rule that refs are never allowed to take are allowed to follow advice of a player or something like that because it would look like when else have you done Probably. that in the game then? Yeah. There's some rule that even if they're wrong, they then have to go with it or something. Yeah. Or yeah, even if it's mean. obviously wrong, a player yeah. can't point that out or something like that. Mm. Uh, having said, or like that is probably a rule, but they did listen to Jamie Mackey's advice against Bradford well, yeah, last season play, when yeah. he said go yeah. and speak to the yeah, other linesman. Yeah, Although, go and speak to the other linesman. It was just, are you going to make sure, instead of him just telling him he's wrong? Yeah. Um, was the other linesman Jamie Mackey's dad or something? Yeah. Have we looked into Maybe. this? <laughs> um, right, OK. Uh, so we've we've had a little go about that. We haven't talked about the fine at all, but that referee against Shrewsbury was dire. Absolutely dire. Um, even my wife was at the game, and she she doesn't really care about football. She... she <laughs> Hopes Oxford win so that I'm not in a foul mood. But <laughs> at one point, something happened and she jumped off her seat and she was yelling away. And Correct. I was like, all right, calm Correct. down. Good job. <laughs> um, I mean, no, don't do he that. He was that bad. <laughs> yeah. He was dreadful. Yeah. Um, I, I wish there was something in the rules that say, look, you can't speak to a ref like that. But, you know, the ref was obviously dreadful and we, so we sympathise. Mm. But instead, it's just you were you were annoyed at a ref that was rubbish. Mm. Yeah. yeah, 
Also, someone pointed out earlier, sorry, we, I've taken a half a step back here, but still sort of what we're talking about. If we get Is it news... half a step or is it... <laughs> If um, <laughs> if we get Newcastle, will we be will we be under VAR? VAR. Yes, that will be yes. our first VAR game. Ah, right. So come on, Rochdale. <laughs> <laughs> you completely changed your view. From yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, talking about Newcastle, Sunderland. <laughs> <laughs> um. Right. I'd I'd like to. I'm gonna basically get carried away now, and then Simon, I think you're gonna rein me back in. Um. <laughs> A few years ago, um, a gentleman whose name I can't pronounce, so we call him Tiger, looked to buy the club from Daryl Eels and did, despite another bid being on the table. Um, before Eels bought the club from Lenigan, there was another bid on the table. Now, both of those were sort of through um, Charlie Meffin, Stuart Donald and Satori, or had those three names connected to the movements. Um, both Lenigan and Eels said we'll sell to the people we think will be best for the club and you know Charlie got very much up on his high horse about that and um, Eels doesn't know what he's doing when he took over well he did quite well in the end and then Tiger doesn't know what he's doing and here we are what five points off top of the league yeah with a game in hand playing good football one of the form teams of the league I know we've got a couple of hard games coming up but uh, like promotion is very yeah. much on the cards this season, um, and where are they? Yeah, I mean, well, I, I they're, think... they're not a million miles away, but I get, I get you. Put it, it's, it's an odd that they, they are totally underperforming to where they should be. You know, you, you look at the the setup they've got, the stadium they've got, the the parachute payments they had, the the number of people they can get through the turnstiles, and then the the corporate and everything else is is basically you know it's there on a plate if you want to do it properly uh not yeah. not so they're not doing it properly it's just not work for you know they've they've the managers they've chosen have, don't seem to have worked the the fans have turned against the the owners you know they've lost out on I'm, netflix yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wasn't the parachute say... payment one of the issues didn't they buy the club using the parachute pay- payments mm. so they don't the club don't actually get them they go to the former owner yeah yeah it was sort of a glazer type takeover wasn't it where they're not actually spending their money or something like that yeah um Um, seems a bit odd i think on on the um the thing of of fan the fans desire for the donald and co bids to be successful in the past i guess where it sort of comes from is Say if one of you guys won the Euro Millions tonight and said you were going to buy Oxford, I'd immediately think, oh, this is amazing because they're fans. So yeah. they're going to do everything that I think would be great or that we think would be great as fans. So when you see that someone you know is a lifelong fan could be in the chair to take over, you re- you dump all of your critical faculties and you think, well, they're a fan, so this is going to be amazing. Mm. But I, I, you're absolutely right, Liam, in, in the surely you've got to trust the person who currently owns it in that if there's a pattern of this person being denied their bid, what's the problem here? You know, they, 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 they won't, they won't just, they're not just going to keep turning it down for the sake of it, are they? No, I, th- I think I said similar about Charlie Raglan. <laughs> when, when one manager doesn't play him, that's one thing. Yeah. But when Map, as soon as he had players ahead of him, didn't really play him. Pep came in, didn't play him. 
Robinson came in, didn't play him. All these people going, he's not been given a chance. He is given a chance, day yeah. in, day out. Yeah. And he, he obviously... And- you know. Yeah, and I mean on the and on the fan thing. To be fair, um, it it was the reason why when Jem uh, uh, was the Oxfox chair, we all said people should stop slagging off what's going on because they're fans. Why would they be doing the wrong thing? Mm. Um, so I think we automatically trust other fans, don't we? But but um, I can see why. Yeah, it, it didn't cut. You know, you can see from Sunderland why it hasn't. Why we were right to not, or not we. Why those owners were right to not take those bids in the end. I think for the record. Uh, uh, sorry, go on. Uh, I actually quite like Stuart Donald. Um, I'm sure he's a nice enough bloke. Char- <laughs> I don't, yeah. Yeah. Charlie Methbun, Methbun can suck a ball. As far <laughs> <as I'm concerned. laughs> I don't. I don't. This is in no way. I'm not suggesting anyone felt this way about Tiger, but there's often the oh, it's these foreign. Phrase is gone. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) I'm just imagining that. There's sometimes a kind of, you know, with with owners are bloody foreign owners coming in and they don't understand the game. Well, you ask Newcastle fans who they'd prefer as as owners. (laughs) Are they happy with uh, Mike Ashley? Not really, you know. And yet you look at how the Man United owners compared to the Man City owners. You know, Man United owners foreign they're taking money out of the club hand over fist in in sort of um uh interest payments and stuff like that but the the man city owners are, are investing massively in the infrastructure of the club and everything around the club in the same in, in a much smaller way the same way that tiger and the other uh, directors are doing they're not just looking at what's happening on the pitch they're looking to sustain build a sustainable club for the long term and doing yeah, like, lots so, of stuff around, you know, the academy and things like that, which is are so important. Like, so yeah, Man City are a great example of that. Leicester are another good example mm. of that. And um, and actually, the I I guess the current Leicester owner is the the guy that died in the helicopter crash um, uh, a year or two ago uh, was a good friend of Tigers. Yeah. The Man City owner is a good friend of Tigers. Mm. So actually, you know, they're good examples. Does, because they know each other yeah. and obviously uh, are following suit. Yeah, and it, and it, it's almost the, the the kind of another side of the same coin where when we had the issues with the winding up petitions and the club sort of sh- shut down, there was very little speak spoken about that. You know, it was no, we're going to sort it out. Don't don't ask us about it, kind of thing. And there was there was something, there's a certain sort of well, that might be a cultural thing. Well, I think equally that cultural thing of doing the right thing and doing things properly you know there's there's don't want to be sort of too stereotypical of 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 you know of um of nationalities but that kind of there's there's a right and proper way in in sort of eastern cultures you know of, of doing things correctly and mm. and and be doing doing things the right way and it, and i think it, it that's being reflected with the way tiger's doing stuff yeah yeah, um, and long may it continue. Absolutely. Um, right, okay, so we have two huge home games coming up um, against yeah, Rotherham, who are one of the form teams of the league and have shot up the league as we have um, mm. and are scoring for fun at the minute. Um, should we, yeah, okay, so predictions on that game. Oh, yeah, and they it's... are absolutely scoring for fun. Uh, they're like absolutely knocking them in. But I, may I also remind you, we have not conceded a home league goal since August. Yeah, and we're also scoring a fair few. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, oh God, I'm gonna I'm gonna be confident and say a narrow win. I'm gonna say two one. Ooh. Simon, it's a tricky. You're right, absolutely right. It's it's the home form team us against the away form team them, and and oh, I, I, it's, it's a very difficult one to call. I think two two. I'd, I'd be happy with a point. Take a two two. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, I am going to side with Fraser from my optimistic viewpoint, but go 3-1. Um, uh, however, my gut instinct is that we're not going to get a point <laughs> uh, in the next two games. Um, uh, so move on to Ipswich. Yeah, I, I reckon we'll lose them both. But that's, that is me just being... Um, you know what I said earlier about, what well, can't all be good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, I. It's a heart and head thing. Um, yeah. It, like if I look at things logically, we should beat Ipswich. The form they're in. Yeah. Because yeah, actually, dread, in all competitions, it's like three wins in their last seventeen or something, mm. isn't it? Yeah. So They've not one in the league since start of November. Um. Oh, I don't need to hear things like this. <laughs> No, but it, you can't have it both ways, Fraser. No, you're so right. So if, yeah. if you're saying that's the case, oh, no, in that case, they'll beat us, then we'll batter Rotherham. Yeah. But, I mean, um, the the you know, it's not as if we've got these two and there's a let-up. It's then Gillingham, Blackpool, Peterborough. Yeah. It, um, <laughs> the, it's firmly still around for... We haven't really got a... I don't want to say an easy game, but a, a, a lower div, lower end of the division team for quite a while, have we? Uh, no. Uh, I, I know that... Soon after that, we've got um, MK again and Wimbledon. Yeah. Um, but I I couldn't tell you exactly when they are. I don't know when we're playing Southend again, but obviously they can sort things out. Um, but anyway, so Ipswich, what do we think? Um, score predictions. Go go first, Simon. This time I'm going to go three nil for us. I think we I think we're going to we'll have had a, maybe a signing in signing or two in by then, and I think we'll uh, we'll fly. Okay, I like it. Um, Fraser? I'm going to say 3-1 because Luke Garbutt's definitely going to score. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It depends if Mackie's on him. Well, that's true enough, yeah. Who knows if he'll make it past 10 minutes. Um, Not because he'll kill him. I'd like to (laughs) wash my hands of that accusation. Um, I'm going to say 2-0 on that one. Uh, So I'm, I'm... my predictions are officially six points, but my cat reaction is not. <laughs> um, yeah, so Fraser, you think six points. Simon, you think four. Um, cool. Well, let's see what happens. And we'll be back after the Ipswich game. Um, oh, yeah. And news and we'll of whatever who, signings. And we'll also know who we're playing in the FA Cup by then. That's uh... Yeah. It's a replay, isn't it, next Tuesday as well? Be like that. Didn't want Newcastle anyway. Yeah. Also, this Why would is, I want to go there? This is recorded on Tuesday night, so if this is horribly out of date now um, because we've made 25 signings, uh, yeah. you know, sorry, but there we go. <laughs> Dickie Brannigan and Baptiste have all gone. <laughs> <laughs> the entire opening, like, 12 minutes was on them as well. <laughs> yeah, on, on a free, they've yeah. gone, and, and all we've got in return is Ben Fucher. <laughs> As long as we get Riccardinho as well, nobody will care. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. true, true. Um, Right, okay. Well, thanks very much for listening to this crazy long podcast. Um, And we'll be back next week to speak to you again. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.